Hey, and welcome to Tomorrow. I'm your host, Joshua Topolsky. Today on the podcast, we discuss The Order of Death, Silfra, and Christina, the viola player. But first, a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Canary, a new approach to home security. Canary is a complete home security system packed into a single device. Unlike old systems, Canary is built to learn... Whenever it detects something out of the ordinary in your home, Canary sends alerts with HD video and audio straight to your phone. That way, you can keep an eye on your kids or your pets when you're stuck at work, find out the oven was left on before it's too late, or stop burglars with a swipe of your finger. Pick up your Canary today when you visit www.meetcanary.com slash Topolsky. My guest today is an old friend, a good friend, a dear friend, a man who's been on this podcast, uh, but he's back because there are so few people that I can really act like a complete nerd around. And Michael Shane is one of them. Michael. Joshua. Oh, that's great. Now, people don't know this, but uh, that Joshua that you just said, yeah. I mean, I only I know this, I think, is essentially based on Alan Mulally, the... We have such a weird history. We really do. Um... <laughs> The the Joshua the way you just said Joshua is, is is a running joke that we've had for many years because I interviewed Alan Mulally the um, former CEO of Ford mm. which is by the way a strange thing to say yeah. at all uh, a couple of times and and when he would speak to you or me at least he would refer to me as Joshua he'd say Joshua it was very like paternal every, very paternal and also very specific and and repetitive yeah. I mean he would do it on you know he would start every sentence with. Like he was addressing me, like maybe he, maybe like he thought there might be somebody else in the room that, that he was talking to them. I mean, he was amazing. He was like a master of being <sighs> on message. You'd be like, so Al, uh, tell me about that. Well, I wouldn't that- call him Al. I wouldn't call him Al. Mr. Mullally. <laughs> Mr. Mullally. President, Mr. Mr. CEO, you, uh, sir. Could you uh, tell me about that weeping sore on your face? And he'd say, hmm. well, Joshua, hmm. the weeping sore, it's a little painful, but when I get in my Ford F-150 pickup exactly. truck, the pain yeah. completely disappears. Yeah. No, so you'd, be, you'd be like, what, what about oil? You know, it's really destroying the planet. He's like, well, you know what isn't destroying the planet is great feelings and great feelings are provided in high volume by the Ford F-150. It's like that. He really took a liking to you, I think. It's good. I like him a lot, man. I'd like to interview him again. You Um, should have him on the podcast. So, so Michael, uh, one of the things I was looking forward to about doing this, this is going to be a a different... I've done a lot of shows lately. We talked a lot about media. I had Mm. Brian Stelter on. We talked about media. I had the all guys on. I hate talking about media. Well, we might talk about media, but but I just basically... I've, like, been jonesing to talk about, like, nerdy stuff and, like, talk about movies and... Mm gadgets and mm. and by the way now that i'm not now so i you i should explain that michael and i worked together at the verge for a long time and then uh and then michael came over to bloomberg to work with me uh we're not just friends we're also we've also been co-workers and uh in fact we are friends because we've been co-workers but now he's at bloomberg and i'm of course gone i'm on uh I'm on, hi- I'm on hiatus. <laughs> Extended uh, permanent hiatus. I'm on permanent hiatus. Uh, no, but I'm you know taking a little bit of break, a little breather here between gigs, mm. and so so you are obviously working hard. You worked all this week, and I spent this week like just chilling. But you just, know what? Just, you, you've just earned jamming. It. 
When Thank was the you. last time you had a real vacation? I don't know. I still haven't had a real vacation, but uh, the work last on that. time I know I, I should I should do something. But anyhow, but, but so I'm excited because I've been I've I've spent the last two weeks uh, or the last week really uh, indulging in some of my nerdier pursuits. Ooh. And if if you follow me on on Twitter or any of the social networks that I am active on, you'll know that I'm I've been buying a lot of keyboards. I've I've seen the pictures. Have you noticed this? I've oh I've noticed. I brought one in the I brought one in my podcast booth. At, oh, but I should say, hold on. I just want I should preface this by saying, um, th- I'm recording this from home. I'm recording it from my uh, home podcasting room, aka my walk-in closet. Mm, and, I'm also uh, in a closet. Which, by the way, I think is yeah. You know, <laughs> it's, you know what? Anyhow, oh, I'm just going to leave that one. I'm going <laughs> to let it there. Just going to let the I'm going to let the listener just you know. Get get the mouthfeel for that one. Not just that there's sw- anything wrong with swish that. Swish that around. Nothing wrong with it. That Do was what a you want. Reference. Swish swish that around and think about it for a while. Anyhow, I brought one in the closet with me because I wanted to, um, just basically because I wanted you to hear the way it sounded. And I can, Do you mind if I just type a little bit? I would. Lo- I was hoping you would. Are you catching that? Oh, that's. I feel like that has a really nice. Uh, I just wrote. Damp. I just wrote. I just wrote your name. I'm going to do your last name now. Okay, do it little typo there but yeah, it's yeah, okay i heard, I heard the flow yeah, i a little fucked up uh got a little fucked up um so this is a uh, let me tell you what i'm typing on. i'm typing on a poker three poker keyboard three. I'm, I'm gonna google this poker, which like is a 60 game? it's a 60 percent. it's actually p-o-k-3-r because you know oh, of course lead, lead hackers oh, God. uh and uh it's uh it's got cherry mx blue switches which are uh very noisy as you can tell Ooh. and it has it has dolch <laughs> Dolch DSA keycaps. So here's the thing. I've always been a fan of keyboards. Like I've always collected keyboards. I have a bunch of old Apple keyboards. Um, I've always been interested in them. I've always loved and cared about the sound of a keyboard and the feel of a keyboard. And you know, from our time at Bloomberg, you know that I requested a special Bloomberg, old Bloomberg keyboard because I thought it was so interesting and so oh, yeah. different. You were on that right away. I was on all over it. I had to wheel and deal. But, but, um, because the new keyboards are like too much like Mac keyboards, like mm. modern Mac keyboards. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't really, until very recently, realize there was this total subculture of just complete, and I should have known this, but this total, this crazy subculture of total keyboard geeks like that are just so so far beyond any like level of interest that i could have possibly (laughs) touched or known about except now you're one of them except now i mean i don't listen i don't really use reddit but there's one uh subreddit i will visit which is r slash mechanical keyboards um and mechanical and and these guys are awesome they're just they're fast they have fascinating ideas and frankly Mm. they've got beautiful keyboards yeah but so i've been buying a lot of keyboards and um and a lot of keycaps and learning a lot. Like something here's something I didn't know. I okay. mean the switches I knew there were different switches. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that the keycaps, there are so many different types of keycaps. Those are the keys. And they have different heights, they have different textures, they're produced in different they're in some are injection molded, some are I don't know, I don't know all the details yet. But anyhow, so I've spent like probably like a thousand dollars on keyboard related oh paraphernalia in the past <laughs> in the past two weeks. <laughs> like, I mean honestly, honestly not working is probably bad for me because it because it does allow me to indulge yeah. my interests and all yeah. of my interests generally speaking are Cost expensive. Money. Yeah. yeah, they're all it's always like it's so annoying. Maybe I've talked about this before. 
But well, I like, think we've talked about this before. We have, but in you know, private. I'm, like, yeah. I'm like, oh, I need a duffel. I want to get a nice duffel bag for travel. You oh, know? that's, and I'll that's look a at, rabbit hole for you. Well, and I'll look at like 40 duffel bags, and I'll be like, that's the one. Mm. And that that one that I'm like, that's the one, without seeing a name, without seeing a price, will be inevitably, no question, will be the most expensive duffel bag on the planet. It's like, oh, you want the $150,000 limited edition duffel bag? <laughs> that's weird. This it's is like, your it's, curse in life. It's my curse that I have great taste. <laughs> it's like yeah. a, this is the worst kind of humble brag. Yeah. Anyhow, so I've gotten really into <laughs> mechanical keyboards, and that's, um, that's lovely. I have very visceral visceral memories of elementary school because there was typing class, and they were all those old IBMs. Yeah, right. And I just yeah. remember they had the most satisfying so are re- the police resonance. Com- are the police oh, wow. coming to your, coming well, to your I, house right now? I live in Brooklyn. Mm. So sorry mm. about that, but hey, my, the tax dollars hard at work. Just taking a sip of a delicious vodka soda. So Magnus, I apologize in advance. Magnus is the producer of this podcast, who is also Swedish. Mm. I'd like to remind you, and you can contact him if you have any requests or complaints at Magnus at Tomorrow Podcast. Yeah, I think he's gonna gonna get a lot of email after this one. I gotta be honest. And also requests. I have to say, I don't. Did I already say requests? But you if did you've say got, requests, it, yeah. well, whatever. If you've got something you want to hear about, somebody you want to hear me talk to, tell Magnus, and then he'll tell me in a variety of ways. Most <laughs> of them, uh, phone calls, text messages, and emails. So anyway, while, while sorry, I'm, you were you were well, you were you have vivid memories of this I was, keyboard. I was sharing an anecdote. Sorry, go on. I so, apologize. So while I'm clearly not a, a a clicky keyboard enthusiast at my current age, I do have like very highly stimulated memories of this, wow. like the sound and the feel mm. of this old IBM keyboard. And I, I well, can still IBM, you know there, remember what it felt. It's like. the Model M. It's the Model M. I'm guessing it's but, the big yeah. beige, very deep. Oh yeah. Set keys. Oh yeah. Yeah, that that's a very famous, and yeah. you'll find you'll find people in R slash mechanical keyboards. Talk, do people say the R? I don't know how it works. Uh, on, uh, so the one time, one of my only memories with uh, Alexis Ohanian, as we were talking, and he was yeah. like, "I was like, oh, so I, I I look at some subreddits every once in a while, and I said I, I look at the you know I said I look at R slash scuba about uh-huh. scuba diving, yeah. and he was like, oh, so you look at R scuba? So I think people who are like Reddit insiders, they just they don't say slash. Reddit Insider will be the next site launched by Business Insider. <laughs> Who recently launched Tech Insider? Mm. What's so great about those guys is they're inside of things. They're deep in there. You don't want to. You don't want to get somebody who's you. You wouldn't read Tech Outsider. Right. Would oh, you? I'm so sorry about these sirens. It's really embarrassing. No, it's okay. I like it. It adds a little flavor to yeah. this. I feel like I'm in a like a 1978 uh, Italian mm. Italian produced but shot in New York uh, cop slash serial killer drama <laughs> starring Harvey Keitel. And John Lydon, aka Johnny Rotten of the Sex Pistols. I feel like you and I could. Sorry, be it's nineteen eighty. This is a real movie. I'm referencing the film. Uh, this is see. This is what I'm talking about, Michael. Right, this, nobody it. else. Reference nobody else it. would bring this out of me. Uh, I'm well, of course referencing the film uh, Cop Killer, Cop orig- Killer, originally titled The Order of Death, oh. uh, which also happens to be a song from PIL, so that's Public Image Limited, from their 1981. A fantastic 1981 record. This is what you want. This is what you get. Did you know that Cop Killer is also a song by the American band Body Count from its <laughs> 90, 1992 self-titled debut album? Wow. Uh, and the song's words were written by Body Count's lead vocalist, Ice-T. Are you, are you Googling right now while we're talking? Yeah. Whenever you say something that I'm oh, actually like not that. aware of, I, I, I like Google that. to keep up. You should, I, do, I you, expect- should Google, you should Google the film. Cop Killer also went under the title Corrupt and... And it's actually very difficult to get the full-length version of the film. Mm-hmm. I bought it on VHS in, like, 
1998 and it was like a tv edited version of it it's actually an amazing weird movie it's about well it's about a cop killer obviously right again the original title was the order of death and i uh, I hope that when i bring something up that you're not aware of you will also google it i I will i will but of course we know that that it will be impossible for you to bring up anything that's never it has never actually happened has i think it has i think it has like if you start talking about some really intense scuba stuff, right? We now. might, yeah, like like din valves and yoke valves and things like that. Well, of course, you got to get the right din valve on your <laughs> on your setup, you know, on your mask and your tank. You don't want to have. There you a, go. You don't want the yoke to be flying off of there. Definitely uh, not. That would be very bad. I don't know what a din. <laughs> I don't know what a din valve or a yoke valve is. Do you want? Is, how boring would it be for you to tell me? We should probably continue on the track we were on. Oh, really? You think that's... Oh, wow, so they're really, really boring, is what you're saying. Yeah. Um, anyhow, uh, but I was saying that... Yeah, anyhow, when I, when I hear sirens, I th- and when I think about sirens and cars, um, cop cars in New York, I immediately flash to that film. Mm. Uh, I just got a weird Skype noise. I hate Skype sound effects. You could, ju- you could have just ended that sentence after the word Skype. Yeah. Anyhow, so uh, it's a great film, and uh, if you can find the... There's no HD version of it, as far as I know, and if, if anybody knows where I can get an HD version of the full-length cut, which is like 113 minutes, and the TV is like TV cut is like 85 minutes, I, I would love to see the full version. Mm. It's an extremely strange movie. What, what year uh, did that come out? Let's see. It's called- I think 1980. I want to say it came out 81 or 80. Um, Let's see. I'm not really sure. Cop Killer, the film. I'm scared to, I'm scared to research. 1983. Oh, so it, so it, no, 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 no. Look, look. Is this does it have one? the original, the Order of Death? Does it have the original title in there? Oh, oh, and you know, Morricone did the uh, music. That's awesome. M- Morricone did the music. And it's directed by an Italian director whose name escapes me right now. Uh, Roberto Fenza. Yeah, very good and very nice accent. And thank you. Um, thank you. So you know, it was it's like 1983. A, yeah, it's an Italian production, I think, mm. but it's shot in New York. And it's mm-hmm. very strange. I don't know that John Lydon has been in any other films. And I have to tell you, he's kind of incredible in it, and he's he's sort of an amazing, sort of um, just mesmerizing actor. Wow, I'm, I'm a check huge John Lydon fan. I mean, I'm a I'm a big fan of his his post Sex Pistols career, where he had a band called uh, Public Image Limited. Oh, it's that guy. Yeah. Oh, I see. Um, you know what that? other movie came out in 1983? Our, our musical. This like, is a segue. Our musical reference points. Hold on, we're going to get back to that. But our okay. musical reference points are really not aligned no they're not but they're but, really but, far off but the universe is a circle i don't i don't know about that anyhow what were you gonna say i was gonna say you know what else came in 19 it came out in 1983 one of mm-hmm. my favorite movies of all time the never-ending story well that that is a great movie i don't the think it came out in 83 story. Uh, sorry really you're uh, singing you're saying we can have that <laughs> magnus will edit that out <laughs> yeah. to save us all a tremendous amount of embarrassment um have you do you remember <laughs> the movie krull Oh my God! My brother and I watched Crawl like uh, on repeat. Let me tell we were, you a great story. We were obsessed with that movie. I is, I this, just, a, is this? Can I just before you tell the story? Yeah. yeah. Does it involve feces? No. <laughs> <laughs> Why would it involve fecal matter? Because I feel like everything with you comes back to some kind of really shit. I'm, thing. About, to, I'm about to tell a very a story right, that's ahead. close to my heart about a girl I had a crush on in high oh, school. I'm loving this. Okay, so uh, I saw Crawl for the first time when I was in high school. Um, and I just have these, I, I loved the movie. I thought it was amazing. Take the fire from my hand. Uh, is so that I, a line from the film? Yes. Like, that's I guess like, it is. I don't remember. Yeah, that's the, like the, the, uh, the light motif of the film. Wow. Um, so anyway, when I was in high school, uh, I had a crush on this girl. Uh, what was her name? Oh God. What was her name? Wow. 
I don't remember. She had she had piercings though, and I thought you're she not was that, so you're not cool. that old, so it wasn't that long ago. Yeah, I'm kind of old. It was like this would have been you're just a little year, just a little no, youngster. This was like 14 years ago. All right. Anyhow, you can't remember, but she had piercings. Her name might have been Christina. She had piercings since okay. she played the viola. Oh, that's uh, very cool. And anyway, I ordered a VHS. Oh, I copy. should say, hold on. Can I what? just? I'm sorry. Okay. No, I should ahead. preface this by yeah, saying, ahead. give a little set up, a little context here. Okay. Michael is, um, in addition to being an amazing editor and an amazing manager of things and people, uh, he is a classically trained professional clarinetist or cloudist, as I like to call it. <laughs> he has played with the Cleveland Symphony Orchestra. Uh, and he also is a former Apple Store employee. So I think <laughs> you get a little taste for what... And what else do I... Oh, and, you, and he's an avid scuba diver. True. An avid scuba diver. Yeah. As you heard from his Yoke and Din piece he just did a little bit ago. <laughs> and what else do I know about you that I need to, I need to well, tell let's, everybody? Let's see what else comes up in... All right, uh, anyhow. So Christina had piercings. You were so Christina had piercings. She, she played the viola. She played the viola, so she was, like, hip. She was much cooler than I was. Wow, that car had a big muffler. I'm so like sorry. That might be a motorcycle. Mm. You would know. <laughs> I would, being a motorcycle expert. <laughs> yeah. We can talk about that a little uh, bit. So anyway, <laughs> I ordered a VHS copy of Krull from Amazon, mm-hmm. uh, which for me was a huge expense. Yeah. Uh, and I, I wrote her this letter, uh, and I gave it to her. And, of course, we never got together because she was like a, a That's senior. That's an insane. Hold on. Right, you, in, you're, I just want to make sure I understand this. All right. So you're interested in this girl. You're how old? 15, 16? Yeah, probably 16, 16, 16 and a half, years maybe. old. Yeah. Okay. And she's a hot babe that you want to get with. Yeah. And uh, you thought that a, you thought that your move was to send her a crawl DVD or well, give her a crawl no, DVD? No, first, like, first of all, it was a VHS. I want to be very clear about that. Okay. Um, well, look, we were at uh, boarding school for music. So she was hip and cooler than me, but she was still a huge nerd. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she played the violas, which means she was a huge nerd. Hey, you know what the difference is between the front of the viola section and the back of the viola section? What? About a measure and a half. Wow. <laughs> this is an orchestra. That's an orchestra joke. <laughs> yeah, it is. Magnus uh, so, will also edit that no, out. No, Magnus, keep that in. I'll give you a dollar. <laughs> I know. Magnus is keeping everything, and you don't yeah. understand. All right. Anyhow, so you sent her... You gave her this crawl VHS. I ordered the VHS, and I gave it to her. Um, Life is amazing. Isn't I mean, it, just isn't the fact that you have this story is, un- is incredible. Uh, so, of course, we never got together. But, nonetheless, she became a huge fan of the movie, and so we would just tell each other, take the fire from my hand, uh, ad nauseum for the next year why didn't you get together what happened uh you know the the universe wasn't in favor of it i don't understand did you make a move and she was not into it no i was not nearly cool enough to make a move i pretty much just gave her the vhs and that was it well so i don't understand it seems like <laughs> the fact that you guys had a running joke about the film or a running sort of thing yeah seems like maybe she was interested uh she- I don't, I'm not I don't, saying that anybody who has a running joke with you is interested, but yeah. it wasn't like she got it and you guys never talked about it or something. Look, I think that I was a, a special and appreciated presence in her life, mm-hmm. but I was firmly in what some uh, followers of popular cult- culture might call uh, the friend zone. You're in the friend zone, sure. But, I think a lot of people like us spent a lot of time in the friend zone. We did um, because we're givers. You well, know? the friend zone, the friend zone is kind of a dirty phrase now because mm-hmm. the friend zone is like some th- weird thing that like Gamergate people use. Oh, to, really? Yeah, it's become like a weird aggressive. I oh. mean, I don't know when all I know See, I was about completely the, unaware of that. All I know about that, I think it's become kind of an aggressive stance. Like at just like, oh, that's what girls. You're either in the friend zone or you're, you're like having sex with them. Like there's oh. you can't. 
can't just have a normal relationship. But that's I mean, what you think. When you think about it, is it is kind of a weird binary way to think about it. But I will say, when I was a young loser. I, you know, constantly was like, oh, I really like this girl. She thinks she's so amazing. And like, we were really good friends. And I was like, man, I wish we could be more than friends. And it just never, ever happened, you know? And I definitely was like, not, I wasn't trying any moves. That's for sure. Right. So I guess I understand how you feel. Yeah. I think probably there are a lot of missed opportunities due to my lack of moves. I don't know. Do you think that, what do you think was more valuable? The opportunities you missed or the things you learned from missing them? Hmm. That's a, I don't I know what that means. <laughs> I think that's I don't know. I guess listen. I guess you learned something. Anyhow, I mean we're both uh, we're both in wonderful relationships now. So it's, hey, you looks know like did, it all worked out. You know who did the music for Crawl? James uh, Horner. James Horner, who uh, of who course just, famous and just died. Just died and famously did the soundtrack for uh, countless films. Titanic, mm. Star Trek Two, The Wrath of Khan. Of course. Uh, he was great. Soundtracking is cool. When I was making music, I always thought that like my career path would be, um, I would make music for a while. I would DJ and, you know, make records and then at some point graduate to soundtracking. Like I thought that to me felt like an adult version of making music. Like you're not going to be in a band forever because that's sort of unrealistic unless you're the Rolling Stones. Well, isn't that what Trent Reznor's doing now? Well, no, Trey Reznor had the perfect, he's had right. the perfect career arc. I mean, when you right. look at, when you look at him, mean, he had this, like, he was very edgy and insane as yeah. an artist. He was, and then he was like a huge pop star, really weirdly, like a huge pop star, very much on his own terms. And then he went, you know, he kind of went dark for like a decade, but I, I, presumably he was working on smaller projects and, and working on, you know, building a career and doing something a little bit different. And, and obviously it's paid off. I mean, the guy's won an Oscar for doing right. soundtracks and now he's, um, now he works at Apple or something. He works, <laughs> he works with Apple. And I should say, maybe I haven't told this story, but, um, after the beats, the big beats announcement and, and, uh, you know, when they had, you know, gave us all the details on Apple music, not the beats announcement, the Apple music stuff. I took a, a flight from San Francisco to LA. I had some meetings in Los Angeles and, um, I sat in in the business section, Ooh. and and the rest of the business section was Trent Reznor and his family. Oh my god! Yeah, and his like and people that worked for him and with him. Wow! And so it was. Uh, th- that's the entire story. Nothing. Nothing transpired. He's he has you know. It seems like he's got a cool family. He's yeah. got some kids that are very cute. Oh, that's uh, nice. Good for and, him. You know, it was just weird because it's like I just seen. I mean, was he on stage? I think he did something. I can't remember, but it was like all this, all this like Apple Music stuff, and then he's like sitting there. Um, <laughs> I was like, "Excuse me, why aren't why isn't the whole library available, Trent?" No, I didn't do that. <laughs> I was like, "How come the Beatles aren't available, Trent?" That's the thing that some people would do, though. That's the that's the worst. Like, don't ever if you ever see Trent Reznor or yeah. Tim Cook or whoever, don't ask them a question about like how come you're like you get only you only get two bars. Right on your phone in a certain area. I remember being at. at um, don't be a jerk. Don't be a jerk. I remember. Well, just don't ask a question that's like they can't help you with. Right. Like I remember being at the at the D conference and somebody, you know, I think just Jobs. I think it was Jobs was on stage. You know, this is uh, Walton Kara's. You know, mm-hmm. All Things D conference, and um, somebody got up and was like, "What are you going to do about AT and T's bad cell phone service?" And it's like, dude. <laughs> You have a chance to ask Steve right. Jobs a question, and your question is like, "How come I only get edge data in my apartment?" Like seriously, <laughs> like you've got to find a better question for Steve Jobs. You know, ask him something really meaningful. 
Right. Uh, and if possible, well, anyhow, you know, at that point. So anyhow, what were we talking about? Crawl. Well, we were talking about Crawl, which is a phenomenal yeah. movie. And something yeah. I just learned now, from Googling yeah. is that Ken Marshall, who plays the, the male lead in the movie. That was his first and last role. <laughs> No, it wasn't because he went on to play Michael Eddington on Star Trek Deep Space Nine, who in that show was kind of a douchebag. Oh, interesting. Well, it just shows his range because in Crawl, he rules. Oh, yeah. Now, the thing that I remember most about Crawl is that he had an awesome weapon that was like a glaive. G L A I V E. The glaive. Yes. Could have been been cooler if it was called the clave, don't you think? (laughs) Why? I don't know. It's like it sounds like cle- it's like cleave, like cleaver, and mm. it's like a, it's like it's like a cutting. It's like a throwing well, star. It's like, a, it's like a magical boomerang. Yeah, it's like a huge boomerang slash throwing star. Yeah, it's got like five or six. Um, I don't know spokes with knives like cr- that come out. I feel like crawl is in a category of film that's like very eighties, like ice pirates. Yes, or, do you remember um, that time bandits? Yeah, time bandits definitely is one of those films. Uh, there's just this whole genre of like sci-fi fantasy. Leg- you could put legend in there. Yeah. Uh, I think you could put uh, labyrinth in there. Oh, I, I guess the labyrinth. never-ending story. I guess. Um, what's the other one? The other f- the other anime. It's not animated, but it's like a fragment movie. Oh, uh, um, the. Mm- you're not thinking of the Dark Crystal, are you? Yeah, the Dark Crystal. Oh, awesome. That is, that is what I'm thinking of. Nice. This is like a category of film that, that kind of doesn't exist anymore, right. I feel like. You know I what guess we should talk about, though? What? We gotta, if we go back one decade further, we can talk about Zardoz. We can talk about Zardoz, but first I think we should take a break. Oh, okay. Uh, because we have a word from our sponsor. Great. And then we can come back and we can talk about whatever you want, Zardoz included. Our sponsor today is Canary, a new approach to home security. Some things to think about if you're considering Canary. Traditional home security systems can cost hundreds of dollars to set up and hundreds more for monthly plans, and they lock you into contracts for years. This is actually true. I had a, when I moved into my house in Brooklyn, there was a pre installed home security system. I remember. And yeah. it was, it never worked. And like to try to quit the service, they were like, we're going to charge you $2,000. <laughs> And it was insane. It's insane. It's the biggest scam in the world. Well, I feel like it's the kind of thing that people in our generation just aren't ever going to be interested in signing up for in the future. Well, I mean, I think some people, you want home security, but, you know, you don't want to... And by the way, this is me just speaking, you know, in real about real life. It's just like you don't want to, you don't want to be trapped in some contract. You already have enough contracts. Your phone, your, 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 your internet... Right. Your, you know, your marriage. I don't dig on contracts. Right. Anyhow, so you don't get stuck paying thousands of dollars for false alarms and systems that only tell you if your window is open or closed, not what actually happened. Canary is a new approach to home security that's only $249. It's all in one, and you can control it from your Android device or iPhone. For $249, here's just a few of the features you get. You set it up in minutes, just plug it in, connect it to the internet. It's got a 1080p camera with crystal clear video and the best night vision on the market. You can live stream what's happening in your home. It's got a 90 decibel siren, 90 plus decibel siren that's loud enough to scare off intruders. And I have to tell you, it is extremely loud. Oh, you Having, tested it. I, I took it on the Tonight Show and 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 uh, blasted it, the siren. Ah. And it was very loud and upsetting. Wow. I mean, because you don't want that siren going off for mm-hmm. no reason. Uh, it has localized 911, so you can contact the authorities closest to home and react to emergencies no matter where you are. And it also, and I think this is very cool, it, monitor, it monitors temperature, humidity, and air quality. Which is, I would actually get a device just to do those things without any of these other features. Yeah, no, I, I have a canary, and I've actually often found that to be 
the most interesting uh, aspect of it. Canary has no contracts or required monthly fees. And with the free starter plan, you can use Canary with no additional costs. If you decide you want access to features like extended video storage, Canary has the most affordable customer-friendly plans on the market. Starting at $4.99 a month, premium plans launch in mid-August. And for the first week, Canary users can get major discounts. So be one of the first to get smart, affordable home security. Buy your Canary now when you visit www.meetcanary.com slash Topolsky and find out how to save up to 50% on premium plans. Okay, we're back with Michael Shane. We have been, uh, I don't know what we've been talking about. I've been, been enjoying it, though. This, to me, is like, I remember the old days of the Engadget podcast when sometimes I would I would just, we'd finish it, and I'd be like, that was just like three guys talking. Mm-hmm. It was like you got on the phone with somebody and you were just bullshitting, and you, then you let other people listen to it, which is very strange. But there's something very satisfying about it. No, I completely I don't know. agree. I mean, I don't I, know. when I listen to podcasts, I either want something that's very highly produced, like This American Life, or I mm-hmm. like to listen to, I do the Freakonomics podcast. 99% Invisible is very highly uh, produced. Have you ever listened to that? I haven't. It's good. I'll check it out. It's amazing. Um, but on the other end of the spectrum, I like things like this that are very freeform. What are you saying? You know, just floating. Wow. Flexible. <sighs> Poor Magnus. I mean, this is a blow to him. I mean, he, you know... He thinks he is creating a highly produced product. And no, no, what no, you, the, the what quality you just said, of the production What you just said, high. I think, is going to really hurt him. I just mean that we're not, you know, it's, uh, this is rough. There's no way the out cuff, of this. Straight from I'd, the heart. If I were you, I'd stop digging and hope somebody comes with a forklift right. to get you out of there. Magnus, I love you platonically. Magnus, maybe you can bring a forklift in. Although, you know, you'll probably <laughs> screw it up the way Michael makes it sound. <laughs> Jesus, Michael. Honestly, you're oh, a bad yeah. guy. Um, so anyhow, we were talking about those 80s movies. And I guess they've been replaced. But wait a second. What were you going to You were going to make a point about something. Was I? Yeah, you were like, I was like, we're going to talk about that, but let's take a break first. Oh, shit. It was going to be great. You were like, this is going to be so good. Damn it. Was that another siren? No, that's a motorcycle. No, motor- that's, 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 a motorcycle. that's definitely a motorcycle. Uh, was it Was it something related to Zardoz? I feel like we mm. no, we weren't there yet. You want to talk about Zardoz. And we, I don't, we can get there. We don't have I don't to know force we, it. I don't know if we have to talk about Zardoz. I think all we Actually, have to say is that if you haven't seen Zardoz, you're, you're, you haven't lived. So get it seen, done. Have you seen the, the new Avengers film? Yes. Are you, are you a fan of the Avengers movies? Uh, in their own way, yes. Yeah, I don't know. I I watched uh, the new film, The Age mm-hmm. of Ultron. Yes, and I feel like I just sat through such a completely useless piece of fan service. I mean, it felt so totally meaningless in every way. Yes. I thought that like the stakes of that film are absurd, and also that the plot of the of the movie is sorry. Spoiler alert for anybody who's hasn't seen it, which would be like only one person. Um. The plot of the film is like an AI decides that it needs to wipe out humanity because humanity is like, that's the only way to bring about peace. And it's like really the plot of the Terminator or the Matrix or whatever. I mean, you literally went for the most off the shelf common idea about what an AI will do. It's so interesting that you bring this up because I was just listening to another podcast. What? Uh, yeah, sorry. Freakonomics. And they were talking about the economics of suspense in storytelling. Uh, and one of the economists they had on the show made the point that superhero fights and the super, superhero movies in general um, are suffering because if you apply the laws of economics, there is essentially a limited a limited supply. There is scarcity around suspension of disbelief and suspense, and you can only yeah. ask so much of your audience. Yeah. And that in the superhero genre, once everyone figured out that 
superheroes can't really hurt each other, uh, and they're basically going to fight and fight and fight until someone sort of almost wins by accident, it stopped being suspenseful and it stopped really being entertaining. Yeah, Uh, I I agree. I went and saw it in the theater because I knew it was going to be one of those big movies where it's for the spectacle you see it in the theater which is yeah. that's kind of my threshold these days but sure i didn't go in expecting to to be to be moved uh emotionally and in, in like a in an entertainment sense or a suspenseful sense i sort of went to have like my face melted off right and right? That, and sure it's got some it's got some wonderful action sequences though everything to me looks totally fake and so it's yeah. difficult to take any of it seriously but right. um you know i think that's actually where the x men films have succeeded not all of them clearly the third one is a piece of garbage but Mm -hmm. i think the two most recent ones the throwback movies days of future um, past days of future past which is the most recent one in the Uh, uh, first class first class which which i was kind of didn't have a lot of i didn't have a lot of expectations about that and it ended up exceeding whatever expectations i had but i think what makes those so interesting and and frankly what makes the batman storyline so interesting is that it really is an examination of of humanity and and what you know what people are like and how people mm-hmm. are in different situations uh, in 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 tough situations and it's less about like the stakes are so high the earth will be destroyed you know there's right. always a kind of super high stakes thing happening but i mean batman keeps it pretty city focused you know they keep it yeah. pretty gotham focused well the thing about, i like about that is that in some ways you look at this there's no great outcome that's possible it's either bad or worse that right the superhero well, has to negotiate with well you've seen days of future past right yeah no i mean it's it deviates you know from the book have you ever read the book uh no i've not read the it's amazing the it's a really book. amazing uh i don't remember if it was published i can't i don't know um because I, I weren't i wasn't reading x-men when this came out but mm-hmm. uh i don't know if it was published in multiple parts or it was done as a, just a standalone graphic novel but um but the film itself captures the. I mean, I think the thing that's most interesting about the X Men and, and sort of a storyline they keep returning to is how how normal human beings will react to the presence of something superhuman. You know, and I think that's yeah. and I think that's um that kind of exploration is real exploration is really interesting, and I think it's that kind of deeper thinking that drives something spectacular like like Watchmen, not the film, but the book. Right. I actually recently. Well, why does everybody hate the film so much? Well, so I recently re rewatched. I just like last week i rewatched the director's cut of watchmen which is over okay. three hours long mm-hmm. and you know there are places that it adds things that it where, where it really does deepen the um the storyline and it really does help get the story back closer to what the the book was doing mm-hmm. but i mean fundamentally you know watchmen is trying too hard to be a superhero action movie when and this is what I think personally, when the book itself is not like a superhero action book, that's not the point. Right. The point is about some, like it's a character study and it is about, you know, it's actually also kind of a, a political drama. Oh yeah, very much. I mean, it's a commentary on so many things. Huge commentary, but I mean, it's, it's commentary on, but it's also this sort of meta commentary on comic books and comic book culture yes. and the kinds of characters that were, right. that came out of Tropes comic book like culture. That. Yeah. Yeah. And and the the film, you know, there are points where it gets it really right, where it feels really smart and good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I think, you know, changing the the you know changing the entire finale. I I, I was I mean, disappointed by that. It, it just bit, it's it just it totally it totally kills the message, the actual message of the characters in the book. But I think what's interesting is that. Um, 
you know, that, I mean, and that, that thing in and of itself, that idea is almost such a parody of comic book ideas, right? you know, <laughs> right. I mean, that's, what's so brilliant about it. It's just, I think the film comes off and Zack Snyder, who's a, you know, he has a talent. He's a talented director. I kind of liked Man of Steel. I thought that was actually kind of a decent movie. Mm-hmm. I'm in, I'm very interested in the Batman Superman film. Oh, so, so we should talk about that because I'm, well, let's I'm talk very about not it, interested. But, well, hold but, on. Let's talk about yeah. it. But, but I want to say that, you know, I think, uh, I just think the yeah I don't know the Watchmen movie just fails to execute on the on the headiness of the source material. But what if you hadn't ever been exposed to the source material? What if you were evaluating? Then the I think movie it's a then I think it's itself. a sort of mediocre superhero movie. Mm, I think it's like it doesn't live up to the thrill of you know that's interesting the Dark Knight or whatever you know right. whatever the what's the best the the middle movie is the best Nolan the one with the Joker is is that the Dark Knight? Uh, no, the Dark Knight. Yeah, no. yeah, it's the dark. No, the dark, dark. Batman Begins, then Dark Knight, and then Dark Knight Rises. Rises. Right? Yeah. Am I crazy? Am I misremembering I, the title Google of the this, middle film? Why don't you Google all, all this okay. googling you're doing? And now, I know. when I need you most, how am I forgetting this? Um, I have the trilogy on Blu-ray thanks to my mother. I'm not a fan. I'm not a big fan of the Nolan movies. I think the no, middle one is Batman quite, Begins. It's the Dark Knight, and yeah. then there was the Dark Knight Rises. So that's it's, what I it's said. The Dark Knight. Um, yeah. But anyhow, what was I saying? What was the point that I was getting to? Well, we were talking about um, Watchmen. Well, right. I think then you have a mediocre right. action movie and I, a mediocre super, it, superhero action movie. This is one area in which I differ with most sort of people who are familiar with Watchmen. I mean, I remember reading the book, yeah. and it was a very intense experience for me. I think if I had read it when I was younger, I could also tack the word formative onto that. But, oh. but, but you I didn't. I didn't because I think I, I, it was, I was a little bit too old for it to be formative, but it was... It's still one of my fondest memories of, frankly, reading something ever. But oh, it's amazing. It's an amazing yeah. book. But for some reason, I wasn't super offended by the movie. I don't know. I wasn't offended by it. I actually enjoyed the movie when I saw it. And I was like, that's pretty faithful. And there's some really good parts there. I think there's some, there's some scenes. There's some moments mm-hmm. that, are, that are totally brilliant in that movie. I think yeah. that, that, that he actually does a really admirable job. Almost, I mean, I think there's an argument to be made that it's almost too faithful in some parts. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there are some great moments. And, in fact, when you watch the director's cut, like, um, you know, when the comedian's killed at the beginning, yeah. which is super-duper faithful to the opening right. scenes of the, of the comic book. Oh, yeah. Um, to, I mean, almost like f- there are sh- like frame for frame sort well, of stuff. Remember, you remember the first trailer that came out? With the, oh, of course. I mean, was, and then the trailer like the trailers burned into my. Yeah. And when I saw the trailer, I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, like I can't believe that they've done this, and it looks kind of not horrible. Yeah. Um, but but the uh, they actually have. You remember after that happens, they have the cops uh, who are in the apartment, and they're talking about the they're talking about the crime. Yeah. And it's it's very 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 close to what the what happens in the comic book. It's so similar. Yeah. Well, it's almost and like it, the comic book was a storyboard. Well, yeah, but it adds something to it that isn't in the original version. I mm-hmm. think that's great, and it really deepens it. Yeah. And I think it has one of the greatest intros. Um, uh, I mean, it's one of the greatest intros. You're making me want to watch this now. No, you should watch it. I mean, it's fun to watch. I mean, if you're a fan, I mean, it's enjoyable. But I mean, here's the deal: the Watchmen should be a twelve part. Or a twenty-four part television show on HBO. Okay? Oh, that would be awesome. If Watchmen were done the way it should be done, and and really fully explored, I think this all the time. I mean, this is why I think Game of Thrones is so amazing. You know, um, for what it changes, whatever. But like, those books are huge. Yeah, and you can't do a two-hour version of one of those books. You know, right? And I think like now, I think what's so interesting about television is such a, the medium 
is so rich now and uh, it's so good. This is such a great segue. I love it. Yeah, really? Are we yeah. segueing into something? I think so. I mean, I've been I've been watching Deadwood. Oh, uh, hold on. Let's talk, let's get we'll get to that in a second. All right. But I just want to say, uh, I, I just want to say, I just think that that to me is. You know, it just isn't going to, you're not going to do Watchmen as a two and a half hour movie. It just right. is not the right form. But I can see it being, you know, several seasons of a, of a TV show or one or two seasons or like a, you know, a 12 part miniseries. I think you could pull it off as a 12 part miniseries. You know, 12 hours yeah. of Watchmen, you could do a lot with it. Yeah. Anyhow. I agree. Tell, let's talk about Deadwood. Oh, I mean, it's so if, great. If you want. That's all. <laughs> I mean, great. Ian McShane is, is just a, is he's, he's a fucking prodigy genius. If you haven't watched, if you haven't watched Deadwood, if you're listening to this and you haven't watched Deadwood, I highly suggest. Right. And that it's you not go. a huge commitment. It's only they only made like three seasons. Mm. No, what's so crushing about it? Got my drinks almost finished. This is terrible. What's so crushing about Deadwood is that you it's three seasons. They, they canceled it after three seasons. Yeah. And by the way, HBO has let much worse run for way way longer. It's insane than three seasons. Speaking of much worse, have you seen the Entourage film? No. <laughs> What's the last movie you saw in the theater? Oh, uh, Jesus. What is the last movie I saw in the theater? I don't know. Mad Max? N- yes. That's Actually, the last movie I saw in the theater. I think it was. I, I saw it in 3D. I never go to things in 3D because I think 3D is a steaming pile of garbage. But yeah. This knocked I, your socks off. It knocked my fucking socks off. I gotta say, I liked it. You know, I, I really enjoyed it. Laura and I went to see right. it. Oh, we had a great, we had a great time. I thought it was a really fun movie. Yeah. I think it's well done. It's insane that George Miller, it's George Miller, right? Yes. Um, that no. he, yes, yeah. Yes. Just Google it, man. Well, that, okay. that he, that he basically like did the Mad Max films. Then he did like Babe movies and kids movies, and spent twenty years doing like nothing like that. Yeah. And then came back to it. Well, and you can and, tell that it was all like pent up, and then he just like exploded yeah, and just and the, like sprayed everybody with the Mad film Max is so juice. the film is so wildly it's, it's inventive. A, it's a complete spectacle. It was amazing. It's a total spectacle, and it's like nothing else. Nothing else that has been in the theaters in a yeah. really long time. I mean, I just remember scene after scene. It's like one: how the hell did they do this? Yeah. Two: am I actually seeing this, or is this a hallucination? And right. three. Either way, I don't care because it's amazing. Oh, I just remember that I was I was leading to a point that I wanted to make. Oh, please, please. Way, way, way at the beginning of this podcast. Let's do it. Let's take. Them well, back. I was saying. Do you remember? I was saying I'm 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 podcasting from my makeshift studio in my closet. Right. And I'm using. So I don't know how the sound quality will be. I'm using a Yeti mic. Hey, me too. Oh, okay. Anyhow, so I bought this. I bought this pop filter for the Yeti mic. Okay. Which fits over the top of the Yeti mic. That would make sense. Yeah. And it's so snug. <laughs> it was like a real condom situation when I put this thing on. Mm. And really, it does make the Yeti, which is already a, quite a phallic-looking microphone. Oh, it's super phallic. It, it, it makes it look even more phallic. And so that all that, uh, you know, all that aside. Yeah. So mine doesn't have a pop filter. We should uh, yeah. see if you sound, the, you if, sound great. We should see you if the audience hears a difference. I'm sure they will. I feel like this is. I don't know if it's improving the sound. What is that? I was popping. If you want to pop, you have to like you know, get you have to like pop. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to hurt anybody's ears. You have yeah. to get it. Well, Magnus will roll off the bass mm. if you really go crazy. All right, because that's what you do. Anyhow, so I don't know if it's improved, but I do know that it's made this microphone look obscene, more mm. obscene, which is very upsetting. Anyhow, let me ask you a question. Okay. Um, what is the most scared you've ever been? Oh gosh. Hold on, it's a two-part question. Okay. What's the most scared you've ever been in real life? And because of a work of fiction. Okay. 
Uh, most scared I've ever been in real life uh, was when I was younger. I don't know the exact age. It, it was definitely uh, younger than 15, so probably probably sometime in middle school. I did, you know, during the summer, I did like some outdoor adventure day camp, you know, that involved ropes courses and uh, sure. things at extreme heights, wearing harnesses, all completely safe. Um, and I just remember this one where I, you had to climb uh, what was essentially a telephone pole, right? And there was like a, you know, uh, a ladder built onto it. So you climbed that, but it was a, a telephone pole, not more than eight or 10 inches in diameter. And you had to stand on the top. You were wearing a harness and you were hooked up to a, a rope and a belay and all that stuff. And there was a trapeze out in front of you. And the purpose of the exercise was to stand on the top of this telephone pole, which was at least 30 feet in the, in the air, mm. and jump and try to grab the trapeze. Oh. And I got to the top. How old were you? Middle school. This is terrifying to me just I hearing know. about. It gets worse. Oh. I got to the top. Oh, gosh. And earlier in the day, uh, I had actually accidentally been hit in the face by someone who was swinging. And I, I got oh. bloody noses very easy when I was when I was that age. <laughs> so I get to the top, and I'm already super freaked out. So I'm sure my blood pressure is just like through the roof, and my nose starts bleeding. Uh, and I have to stand on top of this thing and I'm supposed to, to jump off and grab the trapeze. And I just completely lost it. I was like petrified with fear. Uh, and I, and and it just like this, I remember this as a, as a huge moment of like personal failure Mm -hmm. of, of mental discipline and intestinal fortitude. And it sort (laughs) of, it sort of stuck with me. And, uh, I, I, I was really freaked out physically. Um, so that was scary. That's horrible. That sounds horrible. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, I'm not a, a incredibly physical person, so I I totally I'm like, yeah, I, that's probably me at the top of that thing too. I didn't I have ne- I don't really get nosebleeds. I don't think I've ever gotten an actual nosebleed in my life. Mm. Um, but uh, I bleed from my eyes sometimes. Is that a, is that bad? Should I worry about that's that? That's really bad. No, that doesn't happen. I'm oh, good. Uh, but that sounds that sounds terrifying. All right, and so now tell me the most scared you've ever been from a work of fiction. Sure. So I. Uh and it's in case anyone's wondering, we didn't plan this. Despite the, my answer, these experiences are just so intense that I just know the answers. Yeah. Um, well, we did not plan this at all. Right. We had no prior conversation. And I, actually, when we get done with this, I have an unplanned question for you. Oh, great! I love that. That's yeah. wonderful. So, um, when I was younger, my biggest fictional fear, although I wasn't sure if it was fictional, and. Uh, Science-wise, who knows? Yeah. Uh, I was afraid of aliens. I wasn't afraid of ghosts. Mm. I wasn't afraid of murderers. Mm-hmm. I wasn't afraid of goblins or leprechauns. I was afraid of... No one's afraid of leprechauns. Haven't you seen the movie Leprechaun? Sure, and I think that makes people <laughs> less afraid of leprechauns. So anyway, I was afraid of being abducted by aliens because yeah. of the experiments. Uh, and I remember seeing the movie Fire in the Sky. Oh, God. Terrifying. For the first time. Ugh. And there's still an image from that movie which is burned into my mind. And it's been there so long, and I, it, I literally haven't seen the movie since that time that I saw it, that I don't even know if it was in the movie, but I just remember this frame from the movie where there's it's like a, a close-up on like a rainy window, mm. and there are maybe three or four like prints like where someone's hand would be and then like the wall and then like there they streak down like the hand moved down or on the condensation a water droplet rolled down and it, it just looks... I just that when I think of fire in the sky, I remember that, and I just remember the guy getting abducted and uh, getting molested and experimented on. Yeah. Uh, and when I was a little kid, that was like the last thing I ever wanted to happen to me. Uh, but now I've matured, uh, <laughs> yeah. and while I am yeah. sure there is intelligent life in the universe, I also understand math, and I understand how unlikely it is that there 
anywhere near us. Uh, well, if or they, that they and if they are, then you're going to be the person they abduct. I'm very, I'm very uninteresting. Um, so that's my greatest. <laughs> no, I just mean you're fear. in a city, you're in a crowded city, and right? You know, logistically speaking. So it's why do you nightmare. think I moved to New York? Right, of course. You know, strength in numbers. New York, you don't get abducted from New York. The city just gets destroyed. Yeah, that's right. New York doesn't, nobody's abducted in, in New York City. That's true. In, in fiction, they just wipe you it just, out. It's just obliterated by aliens. Yeah. They're like, just take that. That looks populated. Get it. So, so do you want to answer the, the question you, you asked me, or do you want my question? Uh, I'll answer the question, then okay. you can give me your question. Okay, you, I'm very curious. Okay, go ahead. Um, so, the most afraid I've ever been in in real life, like, Okay, this is an interesting question. I haven't really ever thought about this. It's funny because I thought I was thinking about asking you this earlier, mm. and I hadn't considered what I would answer. Um, Turnabout's fair play, Joshua. <sighs> well, that's very nice. So I think, you know, and this is going to be very personal. Okay. Um, I'm here. I'm here. This is a very personal, I think a very personal answer. All right. Uh, when, it's pretty recent, actually. Uh, I, by the way, I've been very, very scared on many planes. Like I get, I, the place where I'm probably most freaked out and most sure that like death is coming, Mm. uh, is, is on turbulent flights. Like I really am bad at it. I'm just like, I just lose all, all sense of reason. Mm. Um, and which is annoying because I have to fly all the time. But, uh, I think the most scared I've ever been for real is, uh, you know, Laura, uh, my wife, Laura June, um, we had to have a, she had to have a C-section. Um, Zelda was, was breech and transverse, which means she's upside down and backwards, uh, which is really cool. That's a lot, <laughs> Zelda. Awesome way to be in the womb. Uh, and so she, we knew we, she had to have a C-section, but we sort of, it turned out like it, it ended up being, um, sooner than we thought. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I was in the room during the C-section, uh, which is a pretty major surgery, right. yeah. actually. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Laura was was numbed, uh, so, you know, they were doing incredible, insane surgery on her, but she couldn't feel it. She could feel sensi- She could feel sensations, but not, like, pain, right, right. which is great. Right. But, um, you know, there's just the... the, the I don't know how personal I want. I'm going to get. I'm going to get. A, I'm going to get a little bit personal. Uh, you know, uh, I, there was a screen up between between where I was with her, like right. up, like looking at her, yeah, where her head and is. talking to her, where her head was, and yeah. you know her arms and stuff. And then like there was a screen up, and they were doing surgery like on her lower half, and underneath where they were doing surgery, there was just blood pooling on the floor. Oh my god! You know. And there were people like taking, you know, bits of like viscera and putting them into like a oh receptacle somewhere, you know. And and I was just looking at her and I was just thinking like I just never felt more scared or worried. Wow. Have you told her this? Uh yeah, I think so. I think we've talked about it. But it was ter- I mean it's unbelievable. I mean I I mean we had a wonderful doctor and everybody there knew what they were doing and it was over like in fifteen minutes. It happened so quickly. Yeah. It was ridiculous. And obviously like we got Zelda out of it, so that's a pretty good deal. <laughs> um, you know, and, and I have no idea how Laura was able to handle it. Like I to me it's beyond my I can't even imagine. I had some heart surgery a few years ago. I remember. You know, they, yeah. They put me in twilight sleep. As far as I'm concerned, I was out. I don't remember any of it. I was talking about Petraeus. This is right around the Petraeus email scandal. I remember, yeah. And I was like, as I was going under, <laughs> uh, I was like telling them about because we covered it on The Verge. Yeah. And I was like telling them about like the Petraeus coverage, uh. I guess. It's a classic me. I'm like, in four, I'm filling them in on some news stories as they're like, <laughs> 
you know, like putting a <laughs> catheter into my main artery. Oh man. A- anyhow, um, so uh, I don't know if that's where you put a catheter, but anyhow, uh, so it's well, not. there are different types of catheters. No, it was a, it was I had a I had a I actually had a heart condition called supraventricular tachycardia. And, SVT. SVT, and in order to treat it, you get something called radio emission ablation, where they snake a, um, it's a uh, uh, laparoscopic, lathroscopic, is it a T or a P? I think it's, let's Google it. I'm going to put my money on T, lathroscopic. Is it? No, we suck. It's, well, hang on. No, it's a P. Nope. That's what I, well, laparoscopic. At any rate, they put it into like uh, an artery in your leg. And then snake this thing up into your where your heart is, and it's actually an interesting problem. The, the what happens is you've basically got this like nerve in your heart that gets an electrical signal that tells your heart to beat, and um, and there's a little extra part of the nerve, and it's once in a while the electrical signal gets caught in that extra part, and it creates a feedback loop, which for me is like a really like understandable thing because I used to make techno music <laughs> and I used to like deal with like effects like tape delay and stuff, which are all based on the concept of a feedback loop. And, um, and so like, I was like, Oh, that's cool. You know, and your heart based on my heart would start like beating like crazy, like super duper fast for yeah. like 30 minutes, like 240 beats per minute for 30 minutes. You know, I went to the hospital several times. I was like, Oh my God, I'm dying. Anyhow, they burn it out with radio waves. They burn out the offending extra nerve bit. Isn't science um, awesome? Science is amazing. I mean, what people can do in the human body, what what medicine, modern medicine can do is unbelievable, which is why, like, when anti-vax people start talking, I, like, I tune out completely because because I trust modern medicine way more than Jenny McCarthy. (laughs) Like, that's just just how it's going to be. We could do a whole hour on anti-vax people. We could do a whole hour on it, and I'm sure I'm sure I'm. I'm pissing people off, but I don't really care because if you don't vaccinate your kids, you're insane. Yeah, please delete this um, podcast. And uh, and uh, anyhow, so so that's the most scared I've ever been. Laura, watching Laura be in that sort of state of you know just like being like ripped apart and then being put back together, yeah. and you know it's incredible. It's incredible, right. but it was extremely scary. I haven't had uh, children yet. No, no, uh, you haven't. Well, I'm hopefully, not- hope, hopefully, you won't have to experience that. Um, but, uh, but you know, whatever. It turned out okay. Um, so then, fictionally, on the fictional side, the most scared I've ever been. Um, so I actually had, when I was, like, young, like, it's funny because you mentioned the alien abduction thing. I had this, I had this brief period where I was, like, when I was, like, 10. I read a book. I read a part of, I read a book. I was reading a book on, like, it was, like, a strange it's like strange occurrences book, you know, like, I don't know. I feel like these were very popular when I was a younger kid. It was like a book of like each chapter was on some weird thing like aliens or like, you know, um, wolf people or, you know, wolf men or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, it was like every, it was like a cult, weird occult and sort of strange occurrences. And one of the chapters was on s- spontaneous human combustion. Oh my gosh. Are you, are you aware of the, the phenomena? Of course. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So I had a, I had a, this is, I don't know, this is the most freaked out, but for, I had like a month where after reading this book, I was like terrified. I was having like actual, I think I had actual like panic attacks that I was going to spontaneously combust, <laughs> you know, like it really was, it really was like something I thought like after That's reading, because the evidence it presents is like, well, you know, it could, we, people don't know, but there's all these things that could cause it and you know, all these documented cases. And you know, when I was a kid, I was like, oh my God, it must be real. They put it in a book and. You know, it's not real. I don't think people can spontaneously combust. I think most of the people who spontaneously combusted, like, 
got there because it's like in Victorian London. Right. Like somebody like caught on fire in the middle of a dance, and it's like, man, maybe they bumped into a candle. Like I don't know that they, <laughs> I don't know they actually like just like blew up for no reason. Right. Anyway, I was like terrified when I was like ten or eleven that I was going to spontaneously combust. That did not happen, thank thankfully. Mm. Um, but I, but I think like fr- from a, a I think I, I would say like besides that, maybe when I I watched. Um, I watched The Exorcist, and I was way too young to Ooh. watch The Exorcist. Ooh. And it, it is a truly disarming and alarming and horrible, horrific film to yeah. watch. Not for I think children. to this day, I think if I watched it right now, I think I would be terrified by it. Yeah. You know? Anyhow, so don't don't let your twelve year old see that. If you're if you're a parent, don't let your twelve. It's not for twelve year olds. Anyhow, okay, so what's your question? So my question is, is a much lighter fare, okay, but I think good. it's interesting because good. I think you can learn a lot about someone by what books they have in their bathroom. Okay. So my question for you is, is what books do you yeah. have in your bathroom? If you like, I'll answer see what I'm first. talking about. You see what I'm talking about? You, know, you see how this came back to, to feces? <laughs> you see how it came back to shit, a shit conversation? Uh, I mean, I don't want to be, I don't, I don't want to be a jerk, but I think you tend to go to the bathroom, you know, on a regular basis. And look, I don't mean in there. Everybody's, I mean mentally. everybody's a little bit scatological sometimes. All right. Oh, I think you're more than, more than most. Um, I currently, uh, I don't think we have any books in our bathroom. First off, we have several bathrooms, so that's All a right. tough one. Rub it in, Mr. Suburban. <laughs> we have a sprawling at this. We have actually there's a second house. Yeah, pick one next of the- to our house, which is all just <laughs> bathrooms. Pick your favorite so, <laughs> bathroom and your favorite wing of your house. No, there's. I don't think there's any books. I don't think there's any books. We're still kind of moving in though. Oh. You know, right. what well, do you have in your bathroom? I'll tell you mine. You can I'm tell curious. me if you think it makes sense for me. So I have. Um, okay. I have uh, 50 places you have to dive before you die. Oh, That's so, a no-brainer. So, I, so have scuba the US ar- the, I have the U.S. Armed Forces Survival Manual. Oh, that's very good. That's very interesting. I think I have that as a on my wish list somewhere. I have a college uh, archaeology textbook. Oh, this is cool. And I have a book called God is Very Disappointed in, in You, which is a sort of a satirical uh, retelling of the Bible. Oh, that sounds fun. It's super fun. Those all sound. Those all sound right up your alley. Yeah, they're appropriately nerdy like, and, irre- and also irreverent. Yeah, it's like nerdy, quirky, and offensive. <laughs> that's that's you. Have you practiced this? Have you said that to people before? Because I feel like that no, just look, came out a little bit too easy. Everything that that I t- have said tonight is is fresh, just for you. That's what I like to hear. Off the cuff, out of my oh, brain. Well, that's what I like. Okay, so there's a couple other things. We're 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 reaching like the hour point here. But there's a couple things I, I want. I think we could hold this audience for two hours. No, I think we're not going two hours because it's it's late at night, and I want to do. First off, I have to get another drink. It's not going to mm. magically appear, right? And also, um, I've been watching this show, uh, Bloodline. Have you seen it? I saw the first episode. I can't. It was just I, I had never been I so know, incredibly bored in my life. It got its hooks in me, man. I think you should give it a chance. Right, I think I'll, you should watch the I'll second episode because I'll try it again. because I um I'm feeling I'm feeling uh I don't know I'm deep in it and I'm really liking it. Mm. But uh, I was gonna say uh, wait hold on what was I what was I segueing to? Oh, I was just talking about what I wanted to do after this podcast. Yeah, but I wanted to talk about a couple of things that were of interest to me recently. Okay, so I started using something. So obviously, like now that I'm and I've got a little bit of downtime, I don't know if you do this. Mm. But I'm, like, obsessed with the idea that I can better organize my life and my time. Like, I'm always looking for... And I get into, by the way, it's the worst rabbit hole where I'm, like, doing something. I'm like, man, I need a good to-do app. You know? Like, I'm like, you know, I got all these things I need to do. I'm like, all right, got to get some Mm. shit done. You know, and then I'm like, oh, you know what would really help with this? It's a great to-do app. I'm like, what's the the best to-do app? 
And then, like, four yeah. hours later, four hours later, I'm, like, on our mechanical keyboards, yeah, like, I mean, I don't learning know, about hotkeys, learning about some hotkeys that are going to help me, like, increase pro- I mean, it's such a crazy problem it's, for it's, me. It's dangerous. Just- you got to be careful. I mean, but here's the deal. There is no great to-do app. Here's the best to-do app. It's Google Keep. What they're missing is an iOS app, and they're missing, a, like, a Mac application that's an actual, like, it has a local, yeah. st- like, storage component. And anyhow. Joshua, like, you know what the, the, the best to-do app is? A disciplined mind. Well, okay. I even bought, I was at the airport the other day, and I bought this, like... <laughs> The Harvard Business Review. They have a series of books now, and it's like how to better manage your time. I'm like, oh, great. do gotta. I'm like, gotta <laughs> read this, and I like started reading. I'm like, this is a waste of time. Um, <laughs> not a good, not a good way not to manage, manage your time. It's like first, it's like first make a list, and I'm like, not gonna do that. Like, I'm just not gonna engage in a homework assignment on mm. this thing. Well, you could have but, given the assignment to your assistant. That's what. It, well, I, I should have at the time. Well, now and now I, I have. I think I've got. I found a, a, a temporary assistant. I mean, uh, uh, somebody in the interim. I'm because I'm like. You know, I'm having meetings with people, and I'm talking to people, and I'm going to do stuff, and yeah. still, like, you know, I'm still, you know, I keep some irons in the fire, or whatever they call no, it. No, you're busy. I don't know if they say it that way. I'm a busy guy. I'm just talking, you know, a lot of people want to talk to me since I've left Bloomberg, which is really lovely and nice, so I'm having a lot of conversations. Um, but, uh, anyhow, but, so I'm very disorganized, and so and so I'll be like, oh, I've got to get the best to-do app, and then I'll, I lose four hours trying to find that. But I've just started using this thing, literally today. Have you heard of SaneBox? No. This is not an ad. I feel like I've been like vaguely pestered by SaneBox, and I have no idea if I just gave my email over to some sort of like horrible organization. But um, they basically like, go into your Gmail. It'll go in. It accesses your Gmail. I'm looking and at it, it will, now, and it will like get rid of the crap and like better organize it and sort of. I mean, it will bring sanity. Oh, see, Maybe I'm, way, I'm way too much of a control freak to do this. Well, so listen, so so am I. But I had like 2,700 unread messages in my inbox, and it was like just seeing the number was making me feel bad about myself, and it felt like I could never. And anyhow, so I started using it today, and I actually think it's it's sort of helping. Interesting. It, it may be helping in the way where it just like removes everything from your inbox. Um, mm. <laughs> like, but I'm not really sure. Let's just say now I have 638 unread. Uh, uh, Tony Robbins loves it. He says, SaneBox is the best solution to email overload. Simple, flexible. I could never go back to the old technology. And they, they credit again, this to no, Tony Robbins, legend. Okay, Tony Robbins is, I think, a major scam artist. But uh, and if you read our great piece that we wrote uh, on The Verge many years ago in 2011's uh, Scam World, I believe Tony Robbins actually factors into some of the mm. best scams. That might have been Anyhow, but So SaneBox... This is not an ad. No, it was twenty eleven. It was our. It was like our, yeah. It was like our second no, big. No, dude, dude, you're, you're just you loved it so much. You're, is it twenty twelve? It was it was May of twenty twelve. Yeah. Oh, son of a bitch. Okay, well, my memory. I'm very old. You know, I'm a very old person. It's true. I'm basically a decrepit, uh, ancient person. So I don't know. <laughs> um, but but same box. I started using this again. Not an ad. I'm just saying these are things that I'm into right now because I'm yeah. trying to like make my life easier. Um, so I'm trying it out. I don't know if it's any good. If you have any, if you're a person who has experience with same box, good or bad. Feel free to email Magnus at tomorrowpodcast.com, and he would love to hear about that and forward that to me. Uh, um, uh, but also, so I started this. I, do you know who Kai Brock is? I think you do. Oh, yeah. He's the guy who does off-screen. Remember when He's I, the guy who does off-screen we magazine. Did, we which, did your portrait when you were in the magazine. That's right. Michael shot pictures of me for, I uh, was in, I did an interview for off-screen, which is this brilliant, beautiful, small-run magazine. Yeah. It's like beautifully, photo, has beautiful photographs, really smart writing. It's basically about how people who make 
things in the digital world, sort of like how they work, how they live. Um, Except it's in print. You see how that works? It's in print. It's cool. It's really great. And I, and I highly recommend that you subscribe to it or you buy an issue and you read it because it's really good. Yeah. But he, I didn't know this, but he started this mailing list, uh, this newsletter called The Modern Desk, which, and I'm like a, such a sucker. It's all stuff like... It's like better. It's like time management tools, and it's like stuff for your desk to help you like organize. And it's like bags and like cable wraps and all these like. It's just basically like every. I don't know how often he does it. Oh, I'm you can check actually this out. read themoderndesk.com is the website, and um, and he and it's like there's like 24 or 20. No, it's more than that now. It's like get yeah, 26 issues of it. You can go read all of them. And I immediately started making like purchases actually sane box is one of the things and maybe it's an ad i don't know but sane box is one of the things i finally saw it on this and i'm like okay i'm gonna try because i've seen this a bunch of other places but there's all sorts of really interesting stuff and i have to say like it's a great resource and i highly recommend i just subscribed yeah i highly recommend people subscribe and he's a really good guy super smart Mm -hmm. um very talented dude and i and i just think anything he does is probably going to be worth following but i've been like kind of i'm kind of getting obsessed with this now and i'm starting to find all these things that i that you know it all goes back to me spending money basically (laughs) um and again it's a dangerous i'm in a dangerous place uh right now because i have so much time to just peruse Mm. and browse and just not work um but then i think i think i'm gonna get back to doing a little bit of writing in the near future just writing i want to actually speaking of writing have you used windows 10 yet no I have not used Windows 10 yet. Yeah, because I don't really, other than when I use my Bloomberg terminal, I'm not really around PCs. Yeah. And I'm not, they, you know. And they're not going to be upgrading yeah. to Windows 10 for a while. But um, I'm curious about it, but I just feel like operating systems now are just more than, more like an annoyance than anything else. Yeah, I don't find, the, I, think I that, don't find it super interesting, you know. I think we're so, I think we're so, and we've talked about this before. I mean, you and I certainly have, I've certainly talked about in the podcast, but we're so in that kind of valley of innovation Mm -hmm. and valley of like forward thought on how we are going to and how we should be interacting with these modern devices. It's crazy. You know, like we're using so many old paradigms that don't make any sense for us anymore. Right. And, you know, when I look at like, when I look at the new version of Windows or even the new version of, of, uh, OS 10, um, which is called like, oh, it's called uh, oh, El Capitan. El Capitan. Yeah, I gotta try. I gotta try it. I haven't downloaded the beta. Have you used the beta yet? No, I generally, uh, you know, I, I don't have a nearly enough free time to screw around with betas. Well, guess what? I do, and Excellent. I'm gonna check it out. But I just, I see that stuff, and I'm just like, you know, to me, most of it is just noise. Yeah. You know, I think it's it's like, and it's, I think we're 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 still pretty far away from whatever the ne- that next thing is. Right. The next leap um, forward. But everything feels clunky to me now, you know? You know, Neil, I wrote this thing about the mobile web sucking, and there's been a lot of talk about that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not just the mobile web. It's every, it's all sor- sorts of parts of the web. You know, it's like, I think, and I talked about this a little bit um, with Matt yeah. and John last week from the All, but I, I, I think we went faster than our, like, technology and our networks can, can actually um handle well, yeah. and i do think like you look at the what the, what the web what you can do on the web now and it's incredible but it's still like you know you know like a native app versus a web experience there's still this big valley this yeah. gulf gulf rather well, or I delta mean, there, delta think, is the word i, I, I think want. there's never been more brilliant creative people making amazing stuff uh on various platforms but i also feel like in the world of user experience we're at the point where we're trying to stuff 10 pounds of shit into a five pound bag and we need to make the the bag bigger. Right. 
right? That's what I, yeah. Or, yeah, you got to get a, maybe you should use a box. Sure. You know, maybe this shit would be better. And see, we, by the way, I just want to point out that you went back to, you went back to a scatological uh, I reference. I right into that one, didn't I? Ugh, you really stepped in it. Anyhow, <laughs> Zing. just nailed that. Just nailed it. Um, but perfect. yeah, no, I do think I do think that's the, and I do think that's part of the reason why I'm like using SaneBox and trying to find ways to like organize my life better mm-hmm. because I still think that we're like we are, you know, there is not like a natural. We don't have a natural relationship with technology yet, and I think we've started to taste it a little bit with mobile devices and with phones, um, and tablets, but. It's still not there. We've tasted it a little bit with what VR is doing right now. Obviously, the, the Hololens stuff is, but like there is no natural. What do you mean? Everything by is natural. Ab- what like what are the, the? Well, everything's an abstraction. Everything's mm-hmm. an abstraction layer, and I think that like that is works to a point, and then it doesn't. You know, I think swiping is one of the things that has been. I think it's an incredibly natural. Feels very, it feels very frictionless. Right, or like pull to refresh. And I think. Pull to refresh is one that feels frictionless. I think swiping, I think, you know, when you see some of the new stuff that people are doing with sort of um, more articulated or nuanced swiping gestures yeah. and, you know, obviously apps like Tinder that are totally relying on swiping. Yeah. I think that's a really supernatural um, way for us to interact. You know, I think pinch to zoom at first seemed like this really natural thing, but now I hate pinch to zoom. I, it really bothers me to have to pinch to zoom on right. something. Well, you you're know? never really quite it, sure where it exists and where it doesn't exist. Yeah, you want you want there to be a f- continuous flow of your experience, and I right. don't know that it's it feels like it's ever happening. And it's particularly pronounced like on the web. It's particularly pronounced um, on a laptop and even on a tablet. Like mm-hmm. I, I find I find my iPad like crushingly hard to use. Like just it doesn't feel. It doesn't feel like it's there for me. Do you think it iOS, like iOS nine is going to ameliorate that? No, I think no. I think it'll help a little bit. Side by side app stuff is interesting, mm-hmm. and and I think that'll be useful, and that'll help alleviate some of the jumping around. But I right. still feel like there's just something that's like very staccato about the experience. You know, mm-hmm. you know this as yeah. a, as a, mu- a man of music, indeed. Um, but it just feels it just feels like. Uh, as a lack of fluidity. Yeah. And I think someone's going to crack that. And it's maybe a combination of things like voice recognition and motion recognition and, and gestures. Um, but somewhere, you know, and, and eye tracking and yeah. somewhere along the line, you know, we're going to get a device that feels less like much... a square dance and more like a ballet, perhaps. <laughs> now, listen, that sounded very creepy to me the way you said that. And I don't know if it's well, I got the... really close to the microphone. Yeah, I don't know if it's that Skype was breaking up at the moment because you did sound like kind of like a robotic, like mm. a demon. Oh, that might be. That's <laughs> but, definitely Skype. But also, like maybe you just sounded like a robotic demon. I don't know. Uh, it was terrifying. Though, I can <laughs> tell you. All right, so maybe we should wrap up. We're a little bit over here, and, and not that I don't have a problem with that. I could certainly ramble with you all day I, long. I really, I could just keep going all night. But we both have. Uh, I'd like to. I'd like to know. keep going, but I have to get another drink because this. Okay. You know, this, also, this, is not this drink office itself. that I'm in has now reached like a solid 90 degrees. I'm just, well, I, I'm just yeah. covered in like a sheen of moisture all over my body. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That's. Please Google Michael Shane and then think of his body covered in a sheen of moisture. <laughs> you know where your body will get covered in a sheen of moisture is when you're scuba diving in the ocean. Yeah. I just. Now, you uh, went to you went to Iceland. I did, and we and you, we and dove you scuba in Iceland. Dived. Yeah. Um, I'm very scuba lucky. dove scuba dove scuba dive. I don't know. 
That's a Scuba good question. Dived. My, uh, I'm very lucky because my my fiance is 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 generally my dive buddy. We both love to dive. So that's uh, so cool, isn't it? Uh, and yeah. there's a a really famous dive spot in Iceland called Silfra, which is this fissure where the North American and the Eurasian tectonic plates are pulling apart. And they're pulling it apart at a rate of about two centimeters a year. And so this, what is now essentially a, a small canyon, is filled with the most incredibly pure, beautiful, and cold fresh water. So it's about, you know, uh, three to six degrees Celsius. So it's barely above freezing. You have to dive in a dry suit. But the water's so clear, you can't even see that it's there. It tastes amazing. Uh, there's Really? You can't see, like, you don't have any sense that it's that you're in water? Yeah, unless there's some sediment or something floating in the water. It's, it's the clearest water I've ever seen in my life. Um, there's not really any animal life to speak of. Uh, although sometimes you see little baby fish, but that's not really why you dive it. I mean, it's just, it's mind blowing that if you can swim to your left or your right, I forget which is which, and you can touch the North American plate and then you can swim to the other side and you can touch the Eurasian plate and you're like right there. I mean, it was a transcendent diving experience and it's not always like that sometimes you're just in the ocean or or a body of water and you see some cool fish and it's beautiful and you're having a good time but this was sort of like uh it was almost like meditation um and that's sort of that's why i love to dive because when i'm diving uh, i enjoy it from the nerdy side because there's really cool technology and and interesting gadgets and you have to think about things like uh you know physics and pressure and uh things of that nature. Um, but there's also so much of that stuff to consider and so much going on that you can't think about anything else. You know, you don't think about work or the internet or anything like that. And so that's, that's one of the main reasons why I love to dive in addition to the, the wildlife. But this place, there was no wildlife. There's no current, right? The water's completely still. Uh, I mean, it's basically like diving on another planet. It was amazing. Wow. I mean, I have to say that, that sounds like, it, nothing has ever made me want to go scuba diving as bad as what you just said, and I have no desire to go scuba diving really. <laughs> so, like, but so this, I mean, I feel like that sounds like the most compelling and interesting experience um, you can have on the planet. It's I mean, amazing. That's, that's nuts. Wa- it's interesting. What, what? Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, no, no. You go. Well, I was going to say the water is. You, when you dive, you wear a hood, you know, neoprene hood, and you wear a dry suit, so your body doesn't get wet, but your your hood uh, and your gloves are normal wetsuit, which means. Uh, a layer of water, it, you do get wet, and your body heat heats up the water that's trapped inside. Um, but when you first go under at a place like Silphra, it's so cold that uh, you basically get an extremely sharp and intense headache for about three minutes until oh until your face goes numb, uh, and then you're and then you're good to go for the rest of the dive. It's kind of surreal. How long were you, how long were you under? Uh, it's not a super long dive because uh, you you swim in one direction and then you get out. It's it's like thirty minutes per dive, and you generally do two dives. Yeah, but thirty minutes underwater. Well, for for recreational diving, that's pretty short. I mean, when you're in tro- warm <laughs> tropical water, I know, but I know, but I've I've only been underwater for like thirty seconds. I know. So. It's a, it's, you know, normally when you're in like tropical water, uh, it's more like an hour. So it's, That's amazing. It's, you spend an hour underwater. I yeah. feel like I'm so I know nothing about scuba diving. Well, I mean that's it's weird that we've never really talked about it. Yeah. Well, I mean the thing is when you take your first breath on scuba and you're literally breathing underwater, it's sort of a mind opening experience because all of a sudden you're experiencing the physical world in a way that you never have before. Yeah. Uh, and it's just no, sort it's of crazy. I guess when you things. think about it, you're. 
No, I mean you're in an area, you're in a you're in a place that's physically impossible to access without right. the the apparatus of uh, of a scuba yeah. of scuba equipment. And and yeah, I guess that would be a totally mind changing, mind blowing. Well, I mean, no, this makes me want to scuba dive. Well, you've, look, if you've, you've, I am, you convinced uh, me. You got to give me some lessons. I'm a certified dive master, so if you want, I can uh, I can help you out. Well, listen, come out here, come come. We'll hop in the pool. You can give me some <laughs> basics. Nice, humble, uh, nice humble brag there yeah. with the uh, yeah. With thank the pool. you. Thank Excellent. <laughs> um, anyhow, okay, but I was going to say what was interesting about that is the thing that you said about. Um, that sort of like it just clears your mind and you, know, yeah. you don't think about work, you don't think about problems or whatever. That That's why I um, started riding motorcycles. I mean, and, and by the way, I haven't ridden that much, but, um, but the first time I was on one mm-hmm. uh, with a friend, I mean, a friend, I, I, you know, I bought one on a whim for cheap, very cheap. Yeah. And, uh, and then I rode it with a friend and uh, I mean, I rode it, not with a friend on it, but like, you know, he sort of taught me how to ride. And, and I wrote, you know, I basically just rode around like a neighborhood for a few hours. Um, and it was like, you're so busy just having that, just doing that thing. I mean, it's technically like quite complicated, but right. also exactly. it's just like, you've got to, you've just got to like focus on like the ride essentially. Yeah. You, everything else falls away. Everything else is just, is just gone. That's, that sounds it was like a really, it sounds like very much the same thing. Yeah, and it's it's really it's really liberating. I mean, I think that there is a meditative quality to it, um, and it sounds like the same thing for scuba diving. And yeah. I think that probably in life we get too few of those types of experiences. Yeah, well, and I try uh, to you know, as, honestly, like my getting things done, uh, like technique for lack of a better term, is to make sure that I have those experiences regularly because to me that's what sort of keeps my mind agile yeah. and like you're free, good free at, of junk you know you're good at you're good at vacationing like you'll take a vacation i will like I you'll mean, go do it and then you're out and then you'll come back and that's very smart i am bad at that and i always overcomplicate things and i always you know you should do it having, yeah. i mean the moment we end this podcast you should go on vacation yeah i uh, it'll be close to the moment we ended I, I think it might be slightly after but okay uh i'll try i'll try to take your advice anyhow on that note i think we should wrap up okay sounds um, good um oh god it's very late i very hope, late I hope the, the pod the audience enjoyed this i listen i who you know i mean screw I those guys i loved it <laughs> no, yeah screw the screw the audience uh no i listen i think that if they like intelligent conversation and uh two great friends sharing sharing and living and laughing and loving yeah uh then i think that they'll enjoy this there's a lot of love on this skype call and then on the on the other hand it's also free you know so free is good it's not like we're taking money out of your pocket um all right so we should wrap up michael thank you for yeah (laughs) thank you for uh thank you for joining me this is my pleasure this has been a really this has been a really interesting and frankly eye-opening yeah. I mean, podcast. Look, and, for me. and I think we've only uh, scratched the surface. So as long as you don't get too much hate mail, you know, we should do it again. Oh, we're going to do it again. We're going to do it again real soon. All right. That's the podcast for this week. Uh, my thanks again to Michael Shane. Michael, you're a champion. You're a wonderful human. Uh, I'll be back next week, of course, with more tomorrow. Uh, and until then, I wish you and your family the very best. And here's hoping they don't end up in very cold water somewhere in the ocean. 